the, the way that restaurant operators need to look at it today is, all right, if I'm not going to get the sales lift, where within my organization can I um, be, be more efficient? And, you know, what I find in a lot of small businesses, medium-sized businesses is, you know, the processes aren't, aren't there and there's a lot of inefficiencies. And so as you start to, you know, knock off these, these efficiencies um, and, and improve your processes, you'll actually start to, um, you know, run a, a better ship. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give Innovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined by Bradley Block, and he is just an incredible guy. Um, not just a good business guy, but a good person. I met Bradley a while ago, super impressed with him. We've had, we've had conversations through uh, you know, these last uh, six, seven months, and uh, just really impressed with him. And so uh, invited him onto this podcast to share a little about a little bit about his insights. He's worked with some incredible companies. He's the founder and CEO of CFO2. Uh, he's got a background in mergers and acquisitions and private equity and multi-unit restaurants. And he saw a lot of problems with finance and operations. And so as a result, he left that world, started CFO2, um, where he is solving those problems that he found and working with clients like Burger King, Pizza Hut, Tim Hortons, Wendy's. Um, so Really uh, honored to have you on, Bradley. Thanks for joining us. Zach, thank you so much. And I just want to say you're my favorite person in the restaurant business. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, I, I'm, I'm honored, man, because you know some, you know some people. I, I mean, know you want to talk but... people. You know people. You're, um, you're, you're, you're amongst the tops. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, I'll take that one. <laughs> so um, Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. So first of all, tell us a little bit about what does CFO2 do? At sure. first, I thought it was some kind of energy drink. And then, uh, you know, and I realized it is kind of like an energy drink for restaurants. Yeah, you know, maybe that's our next product that we'll get into is, uh, you know, like a super Red Bull to help, uh, you know, operators stay up. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, my background is in finance. And, you know, I, I saw the, the restaurant world as, you know, a mix of passion and, um, you know, an opportunity on the finance side. So you see a lot of restaurant operators where they love, they love restaurants, you know, it's a hospitality is in their blood, but they just don't manage their finances, um, you know, as efficiently as they could. And that's the boring and, part, Bradley. That's, I don't want to do the finances. I got into hospitality to be with the people, not the right. Excel at, spreadsheets. Yeah, at, at some point, you know, the, that's what pays the bills and that's what, that's you know, true. By running an efficient shop and, you know, actually making money, you can grow your business and grow with the number of locations you have and, you know, build an empire within hospitality. So it's, uh, you know, finance is so key. And, and I think that's the, 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 you know, missing part in a lot of, you know, restaurant operations. And I wanted to build a, a software platform and technology that could truly help um, operators uh, improve their profitability and their efficiencies so that they can, you know, grow their business, you know, add on new locations, you know, at the end of the day, make money where, you know, they can, you know, send their kids to college or whatever that, you know, whatever that they're making the money, you know, whatever, they're, you know, in this business for, um, 
but to make them happy and, and to really help them out because, you know, a lot of operators do struggle on the finance side. So let's talk about that because, you know, we're in these interesting times where expenses are increasing as expectations are increasing for cleanliness, um, for types of menus, for, you know, safety precautions and revenue is decreasing. Right. And so how do you, how do you go about, you know, continuing to run a restaurant in that kind of environment? Sure. So, you know, I think the the old adage is, you know, sales solves all. And so everyone was always looking for, you know, growth in sales and, you know, that would, you get leverage over your, your rent, over your, your employees. Um, and, you know, today that's not the case, you know, revenue has stalled out. Um, you know, there's, there's greater, uh, um, expenses, um, you know, with, with the PPE and other things like that. And so I think you have to look at your own organization across the board um, and start to measure things and measure how productive you actually are in certain areas. And are there opportunities to increase productivity? So whereas before maybe sales was the driver of increased productivity, where else within your organization can you increase productivity um, by by automating um, certain things, you know, adding robots for flipping burgers, you know, in, in some certain cases. Hello, White uh, Castle. Yeah, like White Castle. Flippy. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, the, the whole point is, can we get, can we become more efficient and, and become more productive? And um, so that's, you know, I think the, the way that restaurant operators need to look at it today is, all right, if I'm not going to get the sales lift, where within my organization can I um, be, be more efficient? And, you know, what I find in a lot of small businesses, medium-sized businesses is, you know, the processes aren't, aren't there and there's a lot of inefficiencies. And so as you start to, you know, knock off these, these efficiencies um, and, and improve your processes, you'll actually start to, um, you know, run a, a better ship. And when you have a better ship and a stable ship, you can then start to actually grow your business. And, you know, the sales will come back one day. Um, you know, you just have to outlast, um, you know, COVID, which, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of restaurant operators can and do. And, um, you know, so, you know, picture in a year from now, you know, sales are, are going to be up and, you know, people are going to be spending money like crazy. And so, you know, you're going to have a really smooth, um, you know, economic machine because all, you've solved for all those inefficiencies. And now when sales come, come in, it's going to hit your bottom line. So you're going to improve your, your profitability, but then you're also going to be able to grow your business. So, you know, because you've set these processes in place, now you can go add on another location or 10 locations or a hundred locations, you know, automating a lot of those processes allows for scalability, which is, you know, for some operators, that's what their goal is, is to go from, you know, wherever they are today to 50 units, hundred units. And, you know, you can only do that by being efficient within, you know, the front of house and the back of house. Yeah, I mean, even looking at large companies like McDonald's, they just announced that they're closing another 200 locations. Um, most and, and half of those are going to be in Walmarts, right? Because at the end of the day, even they're looking for these, these uh, you know, increased efficiencies. And as a result, you see their locations going from 12,000 or 14,000 to 13,000, 12,000. Their locations are dropping as they're finding more productive ways to increase the output of each uh, individual location at times that means cutting down on locations. And so it's like, 
it's like getting pulled back as a slingshot so you can propel yourself forward. Yeah, you know, it's the goal is not, you know, as much as everyone wants to to um, you know, own as many re restaurants as possible. In some situations, you're going to have underperforming stores and, you know, clearly COVID has created some underperforming stores and those stores will have to be shut down. If you want to grow EBITDA, you just have to get rid of the negative EBITDA businesses. And, you know, when I was in private equity and we invested in a, in a large QSR operator, um, you know, when they took over 130 locations, um, you know, goal one was to get rid of 10 locations because there was, um, you know, nothing that could truly be done uh, for those locations. And all that extra capital that was taken from those 10 locations could then be redeployed into the other locations to make them even more efficient and you right. know, grow those. And, you know, now granted at that time, you didn't know about ovation. So, you know, maybe you would have given it another shot, but a hundred percent. But, but I think that that's so accurate though, because, you know, they used to say, um, as it says in the restaurant Bible, revenue covereth a multitude of sins. Uh, right now what's happening is all of those sins are becoming exposed right and the the dirty underbelly um of that unclean fryer all of a sudden that oil's gone and all you're seeing is the dredges and so i i love what you're talking about those those productivity steps um because that's that's really what we need to do at this point right is to tighten up the ship to cut those menu items, cut those positions, cut, you know, be more efficient with the hours, be more efficient with the space, um, build out things for uh, off-prem. I, I think all those things are um, you know, what you're alluding to, which is taking that step back, looking at those boring numbers and realizing that that is how you create a sexy business is by optimizing the boring parts of it. Um, and so where have you seen it with your clients, where have you seen a, a good productivity lift? Like, for example, if you were to go into, you, you were to talk to a restaurant owner, you don't know anything about their brand, where would you say, there's usually some skeletons in the closet over here or over there. What, where, where would you point them? Yeah, so, you know, based on, you know, my experience in private equity, I think, you know, there, there's always low-hanging fruit in every business. Um, you know, you just have to identify what those low-hanging fruit are. You know, there's typically a couple points in labor that you can optimize. There's typically a couple points um, on, on food costs, um, you know, from a variance perspective. So, you know, reducing theft, reducing wastage, um, you know, reducing things like that. But I think it all, it all comes down to is getting better at, at knowing your numbers and not just at, you know, the executive level with your CFOs. It's, it's across the board is, you know, implementing, um, more of a, a financial knowledge within the entire team to really understand um, the numbers and, and what they really mean and what the drivers are. So, you know, I've spoken to, you know, managers of stores where they'll tell me that uh, they know what the food cost is, uh, you know, it's supposed to be 30%. And then you ask them, well, how do you calculate food cost? And they have no idea, you know, what that is. And so, you know, fundamentally, if you don't know how to calculate food cost, you're not going to know what the drivers of food costs are that you actually can reduce that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, you know, step one is, can you deliver financial information in a simplified way where everyone across the organization knows what that information is? 
without having to do the process work of gathering that information. And so that's what we do as CFO too, is you know, we'll integrate with all of your systems, um, automate the process of getting the information to the people that need it so that they can make quicker decisions. And so you know, the old way was you get a POS report and when you're dealing with multi-unit operators, it's, um, you know, it's time consuming to pull individual sales report, put into Excel, do some analysis that way. So by automating that entire process, there's efficiencies to be gained by getting information faster, um, allowing you to know where you need to focus your time and attention so that you can deal with those problems. And so we're actually building a, a, an app right now where it, it takes all that information and just guides you as to what you actually need to do to focus your time and attention. So whereas you know, our BI system you know, is great, it, it automates a lot of the processes to get the information, the onus is still on you to go through that information to find those anomalies, see, you know, see where those opportunities are. We're flipping that on its head. We're, we're saying, you know what, let's be even more efficient. Let's skip that whole process of the analysis and let's just let the system tell you where you need to focus. So if you're, yeah. if you're inefficient at labor in store number three, and you, know, you can make an extra 500 bucks by doing something, that's where you need to focus your time and attention. Everything else is less relevant at that point in time. And you know, everyone knows the, the margins in restaurants are so small, you're fighting for pennies on a daily basis. So you know, if you can find an extra 50 bucks per restaurant on a daily basis that you've saved money on, you know, you'd be like, oh, it's just 50 bucks, who cares? It adds up, it, this is, it adds up to thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, you know, it could be 1% per day and 1% on a million dollars is 10,000 bucks. When you're dealing with multi-unit operators that might be making $100 million, that's literally a million dollars in savings. And so that's the thing yeah. that they look at. The other product that we have is a, an accounts payable automation product. And it's the same thing. It's, you know, how do you, how do you make your accounting staff more productive by processing invoices? And, you know, what we realized with our, you know, our customer base is that, you know, they're boosting productivity around, you know, 12 times is they don't have to do any more data entry, you know, emailing managers at different stores for getting their approval um, is daunting. And so we've eliminated that task altogether. So now those, the, the AP individuals within accounting, um, you know, they, they've reduced their, their workload by you know, 90%. They can do other things. And so that's really what, you know, increasing productivity in the back of house it really is, is now you've got these resources that actually can do things that are truly adding value to your business, not just, mm-hmm. you know, at entry, not just, processing, getting information, producing reports for executives, you know, those are all tedious remedial work. The real value is in the analysis. It's in, you know, looking at your accounting department and seeing if there's other efficiencies from a, you know, a payments perspective, or, you know, maybe we've missed paying our vendors on time and it's costing us money. You know, how do we eliminate that? And so, you know, these tools that we give to people are, are tools that help them run a better, operation and all that all the time and resources can now be applied to more valuable things about thinking about how do we grow our business and i think you know what's amazing about covid is yes it's a a disruptor and there's a lot of businesses that are going to be hurt um, because of it Um, and it's really just the you know systematically of the restaurant business it's such a low margin business that uh, you know some restaurants will not survive but those ones that will survive, you know, they should be thinking about how am I going to double my size of my business within three years? Because I actually have that opportunity today that I never had a year ago. You know, if I'm part of a chain, there's going to be a, a bunch of uh, you know, operators who have just been fed up with 
with um, you know the restaurant industry or just want to get out or they've been in it for 30 years and are looking to exit you know this is the real opportunity for those multi-unit operators to take over those stores and because they've got this efficient processing machine it's easy to, easy for them to scale and so you know when i was in private equity one of the big things that we would do uh, when we would onboard and invest in companies is just professionalize the business you know professionalizing a business is so valuable um, you know, by setting up processes, by, uh, you know, bringing on the right people, just making it an efficient machine. And so, you know, I, and some people don't like to look at, you know, businesses as a machine, but they are, they're about, you know, you're producing burgers. It's, you know, the humans are, you know, cooking the burgers, they're making it, and then there's other pieces that, that fall into place. Um, and if you look at the whole workflow of how you actually eventually make a burger and get it to a customer, it's just, it's a process and, and, you know, you can look at it as how do we, from, you know, step one all the way to step 100, where are those opportunities along the line that we can, you know, save time, save, you know, money, save whatever we need to do, um, which that time can be utilized in more valuable things. Well, because a lot of people, as they're looking at their business, right, they look at it in terms of um, maybe some people want to keep their one burger shop for the rest of their life, right? And and in that case, you want to uh, professionalize your business to make to to secure your retirement, right? Maybe people are looking to grow their business themselves. Well, you'll want to professionalize it because every uh, every hidden wart, the more people, the the more that you grow, the bigger that becomes, the bigger of a problem it becomes. The number one reason startups fail is because they scale too quickly. Same thing with, with restaurants. And then if you're looking to sell your company to you know, one of these blood-sucking capitalists like Bradley used to be, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it, what is the first thing that he's gonna do? He's gonna go in there and professionalize your business. And so why not do that now and extract the value yourself that, he's, that he in a former life would extract when buying your business. And so no matter what stage of company you're at, no matter what you want your outcome to be, um, this is super sound, solid advice. Uh, and, and I think that as we take a step back and we look at the future, we realize that the numbers, the numbers have to make sense. And you, we've got to get better at, at our numbers because if we don't, we're going to get swallowed up in this because the old normal ain't coming back. And those things that used to be forgivable by just sending out a text and boosting sales on a, you know, on a slow Monday, you, you get, we got to figure this out before that happens again. Um, and I, I love that. I think that makes so much sense, Bradley. Yeah. you know, for the, for those individual, you know, independent restaurant operators who it's, you know, it's in their blood. It's, you know, this is what they know they've been doing it and they've got that gut feeling it's hard to pass that gut feeling on to the next generation. So if you've got this restaurant that you, you're operating and you want your sons or daughters to take over, um, you know, they're just never going to be as knowledgeable as you are because you, you were there from day one where, you, you know, you went through all this pain and trouble to get it up and running. And as you've been operating for 30 years, like, you know how it works and, you know, you're, you know, the numbers, et cetera, but it's all about, you know, professionalizing that so that other people can be, can take over that business and whether it's your own family um, or whether it is a private equity company that's going to go by you, um, you know, if they want to do a deal and the numbers 
you know, are cleaner and the, the business is cleaner, it's going to be a smoother transition um, to a private equity company, you know, hands down. And to your point is, yeah, why not get that value at to, for, for you, for you, if, you know, if I had a choice between, a, um, you know, acquiring a company that just, there was a lot of, um, the numbers were messy or, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and things weren't clean versus another company where, you know, things were a little more professionalized, you know, I think we would go and, you know, if it was, you know, same business, you know, like for like, we would go for that cleaner business. It just makes our jobs, our, our lives easier, you know, back in the private equity world. But you know, as an operator today, um, you want to be, you know, I think what's, what COVID has provided is, is time to rethink your processes, rethink your business. Um, and it's given you time. Whereas, you know, maybe before you were working like crazy hours and you didn't have that time to just stop and think. Here, you've, it's giving you a little pause. And that pause, I think, is good to view your entire business, go see where there's ineff you know, inefficiencies and just fix those little inefficiencies. And then, you know, keep trying to do things, you know, knock off the low hanging fruit. That low hanging fruit is, is gonna save you two to 5% like right away. And, um, you know, then after that, once the low hanging fruit is gone, you know, then I think it's, you gotta really work at figuring out what those, you know, inefficiencies are. And, but, you know, leave that for another day. Just go, you know, it's always easiest to just bite off the simplest thing and just get rid of that. So go for the easiest stuff within your own business and every business is unique. And uh, so I can't, you know, tell you exactly where to start. Um, but, you know, start thinking about like your back office. What are you doing from a back office perspective? Can there be something that you can improve there? Um, or from a, a scheduling perspective, you know, to optimize labor, are you doing thing, things, you know, in an optimal way, you know, is your forecasting, can your forecasting be done better? Can your scheduling be done better? Can it be done faster and more efficient than, than it currently is today? You know, if it's taking your managers hours to put a schedule together, can you, you know, cut that time in half by doing something? And, you know, whether it is using, you know, technology to do that, or it's, you know, just doing it yourself in, in a more processed way, you know, saving a manager an hour per week allows them to do other things, you know, be within the store, you know, um, greet guests, you know, train staff, whatever that is, you know, your goal, you, you want to like alleviate as much time so that that time can be better spent on other things, you know, creating a forecast and it takes you three hours to put together um, on a weekly basis. And then all that scheduling is, and if it can be done in an hour, that's two hours of your time. So it's little things like that, where it's like, can we free up people's times or can we set a process across our entire organization where everyone just follows these steps and you can do it from learning from your best operators or your best managers, you know, go find out what your best manager is doing within your store, see how they do it because they're doing something right. And can you bring that knowledge base across and down to the lowest level and help those individuals out? And, you know, maybe there's I don't know, a 10 minute weekly call where, you know, there's a learning uh, like conference or, you know, a team huddle where, you know, the, the managers are learning from each other. Um, you know, little things like that, I think, go a long way. Um, you know, I've spoken to, you know, lots of operators and, you know, the district managers spend 80% of the time on the 20% of the underperformers. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a crazy amount of time. Like, you know, you're trying to just, you're, you're focusing on, you know, the, the, 
the worst parts of your business. Is there something that you can do that takes that, you know, that saves some time from the district manager because you've automated a process or you've established a process where now these managers at the you know, bottom just follow that process. And so if the district manager, you know, has now spending is now spending 60% of their time with the underperforming 20%, you know, they can do amazing things with that extra 20% of their time. So it's, it's, it's just going through your organization and trying to find at every level, um, how can we save an hour? How can we save two hours? How can we save time to be better spent on things that are going to generate revenue, give the customers a better experience, you know, use technology like yours to, you know, understand the guest experience and do something with that, you know, if you if you learn something from the Ovation app, can you apply that into into the business when your customers come in, and it's like maybe they just want to be greeted, maybe they just want you know you know Starbucks does it well they they write down your name you know maybe it's little things like that that go a long way within in the restaurant world and it brings you back to back to that you know initial initial rush into the restaurant world which is hospitality yeah. and so um, you know that's what the you know that's where I think the time during COVID is allowed or should be for finding those, those opportunities and, and those process improvements. Love that, man. So he, here are my key takeaways. Uh, one, measure more to uh, be more productive and gear up for growth post COVID. Two, know your numbers and drivers. There's low hanging fruit in your organization, whether it be food costs, uh, theft, you know, a wastage labor, uh, food waste labor. Whatever that is, um, find those low-hanging fruits. Three, I love how you said professionalize your business uh, to gear up for scale. And then four, you're nuts if you think you could pass on gut, so make processes to solve the what's. You know, that's what I heard. And I think that at the end of the day, um, that makes so much sense. And, and looking at these numbers, making, making sure that you understand that those numbers, those percentages, those hours, that's what adds up to a really streamlined business and really successful restaurant. Um, so Bradley, how do people find you, follow you? Perfect, well thanks. Um, you can visit us at cfo2.ca. Um, our accounting, uh, sorry, accounts payable automation platform can be found at factura.ai. Um, you can also email me directly at bradley.block at cfo2.ca, so that's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y dot B-L-O-C-H at Charlie Frank Oxygen number two dot C-A. Awesome. Well, Bradley, today- oh, and he'll get, get in touch with uh, me. Yes, that's right. Always uh, feel free to reach out to me as well. Happy to put you in touch with Bradley. Um, but at the end of the day, Bradley, today's ovation goes to you for helping those numbers get sexy and for helping us realize the importance of productivity because it's it's uh, really easy to lose the humanity and the hospitality. Um, but by looking at the numbers and those efficiencies, you can maintain both. So thanks, Bradley, for being with us today. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Zach. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, 
Remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.